0: This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of TKA axial alignment from the recon section on orthobullets.com. TKA axial alignment is an important consideration in pre-op planning, component insertion, ligament balancing, and prosthetic design selection. Now let's quickly go over some normal anatomy. The distal femur is approximately nine degrees of valgus, that is the anatomic axis compared to the joint line. 5 to 7 degrees valgus of the femur refers to the difference of the anatomic axis to the mechanical axis. And finally, the proximal tibia is 2 to 3 degrees of varus that is the anatomic axis to the joint line. Some technical goals of a total knee arthroplasty include restoring mechanical alignment, specifically a mechanical alignment of 0 degrees, restoring the joint line, which allows proper function of the preserved ligaments, for example the PCL, balanced ligaments, that is, correcting flexion and extension gaps, and maintaining a normal Q angle, which ensures proper patellofemoral tracking. So again, technical goals of a total knee arthroplasty include restoring mechanical alignment, restoring the joint line, balancing the ligaments, and maintaining a normal Q angle. Remember that the mechanical axis of the limb is the axis from the center of the femoral head to the center of the ankle. Now let's talk about preoperative evaluation. Radiographs should include a standing AP and lateral of the knee, a standing full-length radiograph AP and lateral, as well as extension and flexion laterals, and a sunrise view. With respect to a standing AP and lateral of the knee, this should be obtained to evaluate for joint space narrowing, collateral ligament insufficiency, specifically lateral gapping in varus and medial gapping in valgus deformities, subluxation of the femur on the tibia, and bone defects. With respect to a standing full-length radiograph AP and lateral, these are indicated to determine an accurate valgus cut angle when the patient has femoral or tibial deformity, or if a patient is very tall or has a short stature. Now let's talk about femoral alignment. The anatomic axis of the femur is a line that bisects the medullary canal of the femur. This determines the entry point of the femoral medullary guide rod. Keep in mind that an intramedullary femoral guide goes down the anatomic axis of the femur. The mechanical axis of the femur is defined by a line connecting the center of the femoral head to a point where the anatomic axis meets the intercondylar notch. Obtaining a neutral mechanical axis allows even load sharing between the medial and lateral condyles of a knee prosthesis. Valgus cut angles, which are approximately 5 to 7 degrees from the anatomic axis of the femur, is the difference between the anatomic axis of the femur and the mechanical axis of the femur. The valgus cut angle is perpendicular to the mechanical axis and the jig measures 6 degrees from the femoral guide, or the anatomic axis. The valgus cut angle will vary if people are very tall, where a valgus cut angle can be less than 5 degrees, or very short, where the valgus cut angle can be greater than 7 degrees. The valgus cut angle can be measured on a standing full-length AP x-ray. Now let's move on to tibial alignment. The anatomic axis of the tibia is a line that bisects the medullary canal. A tibia medullary guide, internal or external, runs parallel to it and determines the entry point for a tibial medullary guide rod. The mechanical axis of the tibia is the line from the center of the proximal tibia to the center of the talus. The proximal tibia is cut perpendicular to the mechanical axis of the tibia. Usually the mechanical axis and the anatomic axis of the tibia are coincident, and therefore you can usually cut the proximal tibia perpendicular to the anatomic axis keep in mind that an axis is determined by an intramedullary jig. If there is a tibia deformity and the mechanical and anatomic axis are not the same, then the proximal tibia must be cut perpendicular to the mechanical axis. Therefore, an extramedullary tibial guide must be used. Moving on to patellofemoral alignment, let's talk about the Q angle. Abnormal patellar tracking, although not the most serious, is the most common complication of total knee arthroplasty. The most important variable in proper patellar tracking is preservation of a normal Q-angle, which is 11 plus or minus 7 degrees. The Q-angle is defined as the angle between the axis of the extensor mechanism, that is from the ASIS to the center of the patella, and the axis of the patellar tendon, which is the center of the patella to the tibial tuberosity. Any increase in the Q-angle will lead to increased lateral subluxation forces on the patella relative to the trochlear groove, which can lead to pain and mechanical symptoms, accelerated wear, and even dislocation. It is critical to avoid techniques that lead to an increased Q-angle. Common errors include internal rotation of the femoral prosthesis, medialization of the femoral component, internal rotation of the tibial prosthesis, and or placing the patellar prosthesis lateral on the patella. For a review about Q-angle management in total knee arthroplasty, listen to the podcast episode about TKA patellofemoral alignment. Finally, let's talk about joint line preservation. The goal is to restore the joint line by inserting a prosthesis that is the same thickness as the bone and cartilage that was removed. This preserves appropriate ligament tension, and if there are bone defects, they must be addressed so that the joint line is not jeopardized. Elevating the joint line that is greater than 8 millimeters leads to motion problems and can lead to mid-flexion instability, patellofemoral tracking problems, and an equivalent to patella baja. Remember to never elevate the joint line in a valgus knee until after balancing to obtain full extension. Lowering the joint line can lead to lack of full extension and or flexion instability. Again, lowering the joint line can lead to lack of full extension and or flexion instability. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, which of the following describes the mechanical axis of a normally aligned limb? And the choices are one, a vertical line drawn from the femoral head through the center of the knee down to the center of the ankle. Two, a valgus angle of 5 to 7 degrees created by two lines drawn down the shaft of the femur and the tibia. 3. A varus angle of 3 degrees created by 2 lines drawn down the shaft of the femur and the tibia. 4. A vertical line drawn from the femoral head passing 1.5 cm lateral to the center of the knee down to the center of the ankle. And 5. A vertical line drawn from the femoral head passing 1.5 cm medial to the center of the knee down to the center of the ankle. The correct answer to this question is 1, a vertical line drawn from the femoral head through the center of the knee down to the center of the ankle. So the mechanical axis is a vertical line that passes through the center of the knee. It should be re-established during total knee arthroplasty. The tibial joint line is normally in 3 degrees of varus with regards to the mechanical axis. Bolt et al. performed a CT study on 38 total knee arthroplasty knees and found that the posterior condylar axis was within 3 degrees of the transepicondylar axis in 90% of patients. And moving on to the final question, a 67-year-old woman sustained an ACL tear while playing basketball when she was 35 years old. She has noted progressive leg deformity and episodes of giving way and now has pain-preventing activity. Non-operative management has failed to provide relief. A radiograph of her knee reveals varus alignment of the knee with medial tibial deficiency. It appears from her x-ray that the patient has unicompartmental arthritis. Treatment should consist of, and the choices are 1, opening wedge high tibial osteotomy with autograft, 2, closing wedge proximal tibial osteotomy, 3, medial interpositional arthroplasty, 4, medial unicompartmental knee arthroplasty, and 5, total knee arthroplasty. The correct answer to this question is 5, total knee arthroplasty. So the radiograph described in the question stem reveals a varus alignment of the knee with medial tibial deficiency, and from this x-ray, the patient appears to have unicompartmental arthritis. Treatment options for unicompartmental arthritis include high tibial osteotomy, interpositional arthroplasty, unicondylar knee replacement, and total knee replacement. Interpositional arthroplasty became popular in the 1950s when early outcomes analysis seemed to indicate good results. Long-term follow-up in one study found 0 out of 12 excellent results with all patients requiring conversion to total knee arthroplasty. This procedure is no longer recommended due to the poor long-term outcomes. While an osteotomy is still used for young and active patients, unicompartmental or total knee arthroplasty have largely replaced this treatment in older patients. Advantages of unicompartmental knee arthroplasty and total knee arthroplasty include more predictable relief of pain, quicker recovery, and better long term results. Criteria for unicompartmental knee arthroplasty include limited unicompartmental disease, no more than a fixed 10 degrees of varus or 5 degrees of valgus deformity from neutral, and an intact anterior cruciate ligament with no signs of medial lateral subluxation of the femur on the tibia. And this patient in the question stem is therefore not a good candidate for this procedure. Total knee arthroplasty can be used to provide predictable pain relief in a patient with unicompartmental and tricompartmental degenerative disease and varus malformation of the knee and for this patient is the best plan. That's all for this review about TKA axial alignment. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education.